episode 620 of the Long Box Heroes, the Lamborghini of Comic Book Podcast. I'm Tom, along with Joe. How are we doing today? I had to think about my name. I was going to say, like, there's been times where, uh, you know, I, uh, it doesn't happen very often uh, where I mix up the names of the co-hosts for this and add odds with wrestling. But luckily, since I'm in control, no one ever hears it. Right, right. When uh, you're in control, everyone hears my mistake. So, no. Listen, if you want to take this over again, we could certainly do it. No, I did wonderful. I almost called you the M word, so that's why. Oh boy. Right, my other co-host. But anyway. Oh, I'll, I thought you were talking about the Mad Bassist. No, uh, no. If you want, to, if you want to call me your other co-host on your new podcast, No Chance in Helmet, <laughs> I will gladly uh, be called by that name. Right. I knew you would. You'd wear it like a badge of honor. That's right. You'd be like a pig in something. But uh, would you like to know what we have on the show, Joe? Yes, go ahead. Uh, news, uh, a feud between a distributor and a retailer. I guess that's what you would call it. And various follow-ups on all the HBO Max cuts and, you know, whatever's happening with that. Um, conventions, what we read last week, which was uh, Hulk 8 and do a power bomb number three. What we're looking forward to this week, Todd and Joe have issues, the battle for second place, a.k.a. Todd and Joe go rogue. I don't know who won yet, so I can't wait. And okay, finally, I'm going to stop you right there. Because this one is such a crucial matchup, mm-hmm. uh, when I put the reminder tweet out at 9 o'clock uh, Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. I didn't look at it since. Oh, okay. Me so either. I have no idea. I'm going to go, we're going to, I'm going to click that bookmark button when it comes time to get to that point, And it's going to be a, a surprise one way or the other. Right, right. And finally, Joe, spoiler filled talk of the first and only the first episode of She-Hulk. Listen, I need to, so I'm going to put that Tom's uh, guide guy on blast as we're talking here. Mm-hmm. Give me just a second here. I think I know what happened. So when you're done blasting, I'm going to give you my uh, theory. Give me just a second. It's going to be some dead air while I do this. You'll edit it out anyway. This guy tweets too much. You uh, tweet you listen too, too much. much. All right, listen. That. So, hey, talk to me about the um, the GameStop and uh, Diamond thing while I'm doing this. Yes. Um, so, Diamond has sued a GameStop for, uh, what would you call it, on their contract? Because uh, they are... They ordered like $3 million worth of merchandise that they have decided that they will not be taking. I don't know if it was exclusive and stuff, but, you know, they were uh, the largest retail chain in the USA who sell a number of comics, toys and statues distributed by Diamond. Um, so they usually distribute their products on a direct non-returnable basis to stores in return for an increased discount. And Diamond is suing for a total of $2.8 million for the items that it claims GameStop ordered, but then decided to cancel the orders on. Um, which is kind of crazy as far, you know, um, because in, in the article they end up talking about how, like, they're probably Diamond's biggest customer slash retailer. It's 
I don't call it a retailer. It's almost a, you know, a business. When did GameStop become a business? But uh, I don't know, suing one of your biggest customers, that's a, that's an interesting concept. We'll see how it plays out, Cotton. Well, I guess, uh, as you had mentioned, a lot of it is due to stuff that uh, GameStop allegedly ordered from Diamond mm -hmm. and then just decided to say, like, yeah, we don't want it anymore. Yeah. Which, I mean, is, I mean, in this economy and everything that's going on, I can't believe I just said this economy, but you know what I mean. Like, after coming out of the pandemic and even people are talking about, like, Diamond lost DC, lost Marvel. So they don't have, you know, the two big two as a crutch anymore. And a, and a couple of the smaller companies fell away. So that leaves, you know, whatever they do, important business. And $3 million worth of stuff, that's, that's a big chunk of business, man. It certainly is. And, you know, if you've listened to uh, Ad Outs with Wrestling uh, a couple of weeks ago, my co-host Adam was talking about doing a doll safari and finding like an off the like off the radar GameStop yeah, that was just jammed up with exclusives that have been like hard to find double triple retail price online for like months if not a year and this GameStop just has them sitting on their shelves collecting dust. Mhm. Mm so sure. I definitely think it's a dis 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 distribution problem in that GameStop is ordering this stuff through Diamond, whether it be exclusive stuff or just I I, I guarantee you at least 0.8 of that 2.8 million dollars is Funko Pops. Right. Um, you know, just kind of like restocking things or what have you. Um but because of the number of GameStops, and we actually had two GameStops in our area close like during the pandemic, you know? Right. Um, and they ended up just kind of consolidating, like, okay, we're going to move your stuff from this store to the next nearest store and, you know, just go from there. Um, I could definitely see, you know, these little stores in Game GameStop typically isn't like a huge place. It's a thing in a strip mall, you know? Right, right. But so now with these GameStops going out of play, uh, out of business where you're getting two GameStops that are the size of a strip mall and one goes out of business and then all that stock needs to go to the other one. There's limited floor space for this, you know? Yeah, and then you multiply that by all around the country. Right. So where's all that stuff going to go? You're sitting on, 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 you know, tons and tons of stock. I don't know, blow it out at, at low, low prices, Joe. Listen, I, and... We'll get into this when we talk about the uh, the Warner HBO Max thing here shortly, but there are a lot of times where these big giant retail conglomerates, you know, have this stuff and they're like, oh, we're going to bust things down and we're going to do 40% off are already slightly higher than retail, like retail price or online price anyway. So it's not that much of a saving. If you want this stuff to move, you can get it to move. You know, um, and then obviously then you have your other thing that you run into is now you could bust them down to like your outlet stores, like an Ollie's or something like that, or like whatever the outlet store in your area is. But, but then they... if you if you're GameStop and you have a deal with Diamond, then maybe you might not be able to sell these exclusives through another retailer. Right. 
but you can't ship them off to Ollie. They're just filled with AEW chase figures, Joe. Right, of course. Uh, but no, I get you. It's it's it, it, it. If you do, you're losing. You're probably going to be in the red at least a little bit. Doing all well, that. you've already you're already losing money anyway because you're getting sued now. You know, like just clear out the stock. Like seriously, send an employee to like a flea market with a bunch of the stock that hasn't moved, and send them to a flea market and tell them to like put them like there for whatever price it is. You know, they'll move. Right. My answer to everything is a flea market. Yeah, that, eh, well, put them on whatnot, Joe. I hear that's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how the Diamond GameStop lawsuit goes. But we have more updates, more information regarding the stuff that we've, we're on like week three now of all this Warner, Discovery, HBO Max stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So starting with the Batgirl stuff, um, apparently as they were wrapping up like the last days of filming, <laughs> um, people were encouraging the director to just shoot stuff on their phone just to have something because they were going to their servers and the entire movie was just deleted off the server already. Uh, or was it, were they locked out? No, the quote that I have here, everything okay. was gone. Um, uh, shoot everything on your phone. I went onto the server and everything was gone. Okay. Because I thought something else. I know I read somewhere that they were locked out too. Uh, do you think that footage is gone forever or just deleted from their the, the cloud that they had access to? So uh, I am not a technical guy when it comes to this sort of stuff, but I know enough technical people that have told me enough technical stuff. Mm -hmm. just um, enough to be dangerous right okay so when you delete something off of your device okay mm -hmm. whatever that device is it's not deleted off of your device um if you go on like let's say a pc or a laptop or something like that so you go and you put something in the recycle bin and then you empty your recycle bin it's still not gone if you know someone, they could probably get that back if it's within enough time. You need to, it's not gone until whatever was in that place on your hard drive is replaced with something else. Does that okay. make any sense? Yes. There's only so much room, and if decides, your computer decides to put a new nugget where that old ghost of a nugget is, that yes. ghost nugget's gone forever. Where, like, on your phone, let's say, like, I, you know, I'm constantly deleting and, you know, whatever stuff off my phone. And even when I delete something out of my photos, when I get my weekly phone update of, like, oh, clear out your cache or, like, there's stuff in your recycle bin that you deleted a week ago or two weeks ago that's still sitting in this weird storage space on the phone that, like, you only have access to when this pops up to tell you to clean it out. Right, but on that though, they usually have. You could probably go into your 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 uh, your bin at any point, and it'll hold it for however long you set, like thirty days, ten days, a day, sure. whatever. But go ahead. And we're not talking about stuff that's automatically back. Like if you had it set up, like whatever device you were saving yourself on, if that's backed up to the cloud, then that's automatically backed up to the cloud, and that's a whole other process that you need to go to get it off the cloud. So who knows if Batgirl is on the cloud somewhere? 
-hmm. But even like with my phone, when I delete stuff and then I delete stuff out of the thing weekly that says clean out your phone, if I was the then hardwire USB my phone into my computer or my laptop, I could still access those deleted things through that. Right. So if a dope like me could do that on stuff off my phone, I'm sure if somebody tried hard enough, they could probably find wherever the deleted version of Fat Girl is. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not they're going to do it, whether or not they will do it, whether or not it's worth their time. Right. And then definitely I read in there that the director was like, even if it did all pop up and I had it, there's, you know, there was still re like pickup shots we had to do. And then there was like, oh, like the effects aren't all done. So the movie isn't 100 percent ready to like be seen, but it's close, which I do feel like the director was fishing around for his release, the, ha the his cut of a movie, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like get that hashtag a going and maybe Batgirl see the light of day. But I still stand by if it's for a tax cut. That'll never see the light of day because then you have to give that tax money back if it gets out. Right. So uh, it's even gone as far as um, HBO Max, whatever the you know whatever the uh, streaming service is called, or however you access it. They have been deleting shows off of that mm -hmm. um, that already exist. Um, with the caveat of it's stuff that hasn't been watched in X amount of days or it's stuff where they are no longer like willing to pay residuals off of it. Right. If you, somebody even watches it once, we got to pay a nickel. Right. So they're like, well, if we just completely get rid of it, we saved ourselves a nickel and that's saving up however much, you know, right. space on there. And I guess one of the more uh, egregious ones is I guess they deleted like 200 episodes of Sesame Street off there. Right. But it was like all classic stuff. Right. Uh, and I just had this conversation over the weekend with a bunch of people and I'll, we'll come back to all this stuff. But, you know, I still stand by Sesame Street was never right again after Elmo showed up because he became too much of a star. And took up much too much time, and I'm really mad that those classic, a lot of those classic Sesame Streets aren't on there that I can't watch. But they'll end up somewhere. It's Sesame Street, man. Well, stuff is, you know, listen, I, I, you and I are a physical media uh, mm -hmm. type person, you know, right? Um, and if I wanted to have that sort of stuff, you know, I do. Like I have the Muppet Show on. Um. DVD and I never have to worry about that and if I really did I can go and get digital versions of stuff and put those onto disc you know you have the Muppet show on DVD all the seasons yes I do see I thought they never finished all the seasons on DVD. Oh, so okay so I'll say that whatever got released I think it was just the first like three seasons I have that on DVD okay that's why that threw me I was like oh man they're probably worth a kajillion dollars you know what I mean mm -hmm. Because especially since Disney ended up, like, there's, like, three episodes that they'll never show. Uh, one of them, the only two that I know definitely is one, I think it was the Brooke Shields episode that did The Wizard of Oz. And The Wizard of Oz, the people who own the rights were like, no, no, no. We're strict to that. And you can't put, you know, you can't have streaming rights to that. And then somebody else got into trouble maybe with uh, 
people of a lower age, if you get my meaning, and they're like, that one will never be on Disney Plus. So, right. Um, but they uh, so they pulled thirty six shows. Um, they pulled like some sort of like weird like Elmo talk show thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more recent, it's only been like it's only like two years old. That weird Aquaman animated series where like Aquaman was green. I don't even know that one. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Um, so they pulled that. Uh, there was another show called OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes, that my kid used to watch. And uh, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, which I uh, my kid also watched when he was younger. But there was 36 shows that got pulled completely. Uh, the 200 episodes of Sesame Street. And then they just announced a bunch of stuff that was either in production or... Getting Ready to Debut got pulled. Uh, An Amazing World of Gumball movie. A Steve Urkel animated feature. um, A couple Looney Tunes things. And two Batman things. One Merry Little Batman and one more specifically called Batman Caped Crusader. That Mm -hmm. like Bruce Timm and J.J. Abrams and Matt Reed and Ed Brubaker were working on. Right. Matt Reeves. Oh, did I say Matt? Oh, I said, did I say Reeve as opposed to Reeves? Right. No, I think you did say like uh, Mr. Fantastic Reeves. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyway, just asking. Anyway, so it's interesting to see that Batman stuff that like has big name folks involved with it is getting pulled. Right. I saw with that one, though, they said there's a chance it'll show up somewhere else. I yeah. have a feeling that it probably will. I hope Ed Brubaker gets that check. I'm sure Ed Brubaker got one check up front. I'm talking, you know, I get what you're saying. Like maybe the royalty check I hope he gets. Sure, sure. Right. But who knows? Maybe it'll go somewhere else. I'd like to see. That's the one I'd like to see. But the one that totally like blew me away was that they were doing a Steve Urkel Christmas special or whatever. Yeah. Um, Because I'm haunted by the words of the actor who played Steve Urkel. And they asked him if he would ever reprise the Steve Urkel role. And I quote, and he said, I'll always say never say never, but I'm a a pretty creative person. I can't envision how I could do it in a way that would be irreverent and fun for both me and the viewing audience. And I think they found a way, Joe, by cutting him a big check. (laughs) Uh, I think you would be uh, correct in uh, that regard. But yeah, again, it's going to be interesting to see what is actually going to be on HBO Max like by the end of the year, you know? Right, which is weird because I think like Doom Patrol, which everybody was worried about, got another season. Uh, I don't think it got an official 100%. -hmm. It's kind of like in limbo. Right. But I do know for a fact, which makes me sad, is that, uh, remember the actress who played Spooner on on Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. She just got, she just said that she's happy to be a, a, a new character, an actress. She got signed to be on uh, Nathan Fillin's show, The Rookie. So that means, like, actors from Legends of Tomorrow are now getting, like, actual parts on other shows, which means, you know, ne- it's never now, you know? Like, there you can't. Uh, there was like a hope, like maybe the hashtag thing would would pull through, even though I knew it wouldn't. But it's like, oh, no, all these actors and actresses are going to other shows. There's zero chance. 
Well, if anyone knows, it's me. And that's any sort of uh, unwieldy uh, <laughs> hashtag always works. Oh, yes. Always works. Uh, so, hey, uh, that's the news. Uh, not a ton in the actual, like, comic comics, but, uh, you know, this is a comic adjacent podcast as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so conventions this weekend, there's a bunch, but the biggie, uh, this weekend would be Fan Expo Canada in the, uh, beautiful province city of, uh, Toronto. Uh, we got a ton of comic book folks, uh, Art Adams, Lee Brahamo, uh, Greg Capullo, Donnie Cates, Jason Fabok, Tom King, Ryan Otley, Humberto Ramos, Ryan Stegman, uh, James Tinney the fourth, uh, media guests side. William Shatner is going to be there. Michael Rooker is going to be there. Uh, Robert England is going to be there. Ooh. Glad he's making the rounds. All five members of the kids in the hall are going to be there. Oh, I bet you wish you could go and do your impersonations. My impersonation. Um, I would oh. just, uh, I, so I do to poor Bruce McCullough. Uh, his impersonation of Cancer Boy from Brain Candy. Right. Did you see him? Did you see it? Or whatever Did it was. Did you see I... the doctor in me? Did you see? Yep, that's the impression I knew that you would do, Joe. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but I remember the movie, and you were saying, I always do that. Ha- ha- and I haven't gotten a chance to see the new season of Kids in the Hall that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a documentary, I think, on something, and I did watch that, and that was really good. But the premise of the new season is is that Brain Candy finally broke even. Oh, my God. (laughs) So they can make new episodes of Kids in the Hall. And it's like those characters from Brain Candy, like the Lauren Michaels knockoff and everything else like that. uh, Massage my temples in concentral circles. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, but, hey, uh, Joseph Quinn is going to be there, Todd. Do you know who Joseph Quinn is? No, I don't. Uh, he is uh, Eddie from this season of Stranger Things. Oh, with his with his lovely doe eyes? With his soft, welcoming doe eyes. How disappointed are people going to be when he's there and he's just a dude? And, and he's, he's like, not Eddie. And he's not and in you, his gimmick. Right. And you know he's like, he's got an accent and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to be doing the accent. And they're going to be like, no, man, be Eddie. Where's yeah. the wig? Play, play, you know, Metallica. Well, and Anthony Starr is just off in the distance, shaking his head, going, amateurs. Right. And they're just like, drink some milk, Anthony. <sighs> but uh, when it comes to this fan expo, are they legit when they're north of the American border? Or what do you mean? Ex- aren't fan expos no good? According to certain creators? Oh, so I, I typically say that, and I usually sneak that in here. Yes. So there is a certain... I, I think uh, Fan Expo is jamming up their shows, uh, really trying to bring them in uh, to stick it in the craw of a certain creator. A mm-hmm. uh, certain creator who, after some 18 months away, I decided to revisit this past week. Uh, and you can hear a little bit more about how we came to... How uh, we, we, like, not anything to do with it. I will never forget when I put the first episode up. You explicitly said to me, like, you better make it clear that this is you saying this and not me. 
<laughs> right. When you just said we now, you didn't let me say. I was going to say, oh, well, we, what, you got a mouse in your pocket? No, no, no. Uh, so uh, I returned to Robster Recaps, my review, my walkthrough, my whatever you want to call it, of the Rob's podcast. Uh, this week he did an episode about a subject he's never discussed. It's never come up in his 217 or 218 episodes of his podcast. He's not really sure. Uh, and that would be Wizard Magazine. Oh, wow. I bet it's never come up. Never come up before. This is the first mm-hmm. time. Um, so uh, that sucked me back in. Go check it out. Um, I it was, it was work, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Definitely check it out. Um, what I've wrote in what regards the Rob has said is like a window into his madness. It's almost like you understand him. Uh, I'm a little rusty. It's going to take me a couple episodes before I start understanding all this again. There you go. Uh, But yeah, so uh, again, that's one of the things because Fan Expo picked up all the old wizard cons. Uh, The Rob has a vendetta still against wizard after they've been gone for some 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> and any sort of remnants of Wizard, which is Fan Expo, uh, the Rob takes any chance that he can to take shots at, uh, even though um, they're a failing company and so on and so forth. Which is they the only, only good f- Fan Expo? Florida? Uh, Orlando, yes. Orlando, right. That's why I asked. North of the border, I don't know if that counts, so... Hmm. I think any of them count, and I think the last couple have been pretty successful and had lots of big names and stuff, so I don't know. I think the Rob might be uh, coming back around in 2023. We shall see. We'll see. I think the Rob, you know, is sniffing around, if you will, and say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's those allergies. <laughs> uh, so, hey, while you're um, checking things out there, check out our friends, uh, Mike Sterling. Check out his blog over at Progressive Ruin. Uh, preeminent West Coast uh, retailer got some 30 plus years under his belt. Uh, you know, kind of like our retailer, which we'll get to here shortly. Uh, Chris Schweizer's art book, you can go purchase that. Our friend Kevin, uh, his blog at Mass Library. Uh, Rick Williams, the Chop Shop, all those cool uh, resin, glow in the dark, sci fi, fantasy, and wrestling uh, figures that he does. Uh, longtime power listeners of the show, Jason Sandberg and Chris Runt, both released self-published comics. Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters. We have the links to get those books directly from them in the show notes. Uh, I mentioned moments ago, our local retailer, Comics on the Green. If you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop be your comic book shop. Uh, whether you're coming in physically to the store, which it's worth the drive from anywhere in the uh, continental United States, or you want to sign up for their mail order subscription service, get your books mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. And if you do, there's a chance that you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky. You can go check out her social media and you can see her process, her prints, her art and everything that she's up to. Yes. So let's get into what we read from this past week, shall we? Yes, I'm going to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which is Hulk 8, which is drawn by artist Martin Cocolo, 
and writing written by Donny Cates with plot and script with Daniel Warren Johnson, which shocked me because usually, you know, it's just uh, Donny Cates writing these. Um, and as we said last week, you know, it's been a while since it, we've had an issue of Hulk and this finishes up the Thor Hulk crossover. Um, at this point, uh, Thor has been gamma radiated to become a Thor Hulk, and Hulk is wielding Millioner, so he's like almost like a god of thunder. While this is going on, um, Odin, who was possess- possessing Millioner, is talking with Bruce Banner, who was possessing the Hulk. So it's kind of you know poetry because it rhymes, and it goes on. Well, we don't have to worry because uh, you know Hulk is the strongest one there is. We don't have to worry about the rampaging Thor. And uh, the, some other heroes show up, especially the Asgardians, and Beta Ray Bill's like, no, 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 uh, you have to watch out for Thor, because he was sent down to uh, Earth to, like, learn humility and wield his powers with mercy, and, uh, you know, he's shown some, uh, you know, he, he's held himself back all this time, and now the Hulk is going to see what it is to, to truly face a god in all his glory and they end up going at it and going toe to toe, which I think is an interesting concept because, you know, Hulk has always been the strongest one there is. And you can kind of, kind of say, well, maybe that old adage that comic book readers love to say, who'd win in a fight. And uh, Odin ends up having a plan to like get the uh, gamma slash craziness out of Thor and knock him into the world tree that doesn't go quite the way they expect it and goes sideways and threatens the entire universe of stuff. Um, I don't want to give away like too much, uh, you know, how they end up like stopping everything. But in the end, uh, shockingly, things kind of go back to normal. And maybe Thor kind of covers for Hulk. I don't want to say too much, but uh, it was interesting. I definitely thought it, it because of the, the the time lapse between this and the last book, it kind of loses momentum. But that's with any storyline that I read. You could do Batman, Catwoman. You could do any of them. When you start having too much time between issues, I kind of lose interest. And then as I read this, I thought it was kind of weak for a Donny Cates book. But uh, now that I see Daniel Warren Johnson was involved in the script, I'm wondering how much Donny actually had to write this but in the end spoiler alert everything goes back to status quo for the books you know what i mean so i'm ready for thor and hulk from here on out yeah Uh, so i thought it was good um this was a light enough overarching story that you know we're getting the big fighty bits here at the end uh that the fact that i think we talked last week that this book was at least two months late right um, so it's not like, oh, I better go back and read all the previous issues. It's like, no, 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 everything's more or less here for better or for worse. Right. Um, and I know, I don't think Thor is back on the schedule come October, November. And I think Hulk comes back. So I don't know if Donny Cates, you know, has other stuff going on. You know, obviously he's not a big social media person. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting that you mentioned about the Daniel Warren Johnson stuff. I could see him getting a plot and kind of filling out the rest, right. you know, kind of like a salty Keith J.M. DeMatty's thing back in the day, you know? Yeah. 
Um, it's and obviously it's in the book that it says that it's not in the uh, solicitation for this book. It's not on the Mar- Marvel website. So obviously that's something that kind of maybe came in at the last minute. Um, if something is going on with Donny Cates, I hope he's okay. Um, I don't think these books lost any momentum with this because there's just so much going on in the world of comics that this wasn't like a tentpole book. This didn't touch a ton of other books. It literally touched two books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's late and as you mentioned, everything just kind of goes back to the normal status quo anyway. It was a fun romp while it lasted. Right. Two heroes fighting seems like, you know, but I'm wondering if Donnie Cates was too busy writing that short story in the uh, crossover one 3D reprint. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, we'll see what he has, but th- though I will disagree with you in it didn't really like you know hurt any momentum other than these two books. I would say right, and that and so you know we we've talked about this so many times in the past where you have these overarching crossover books, and all it takes is for one book to be late, mm-hmm. and then the snowball effect just starts happening. It's like, well, this book is late, so now these three books need to be late because they directly tie out of this book. Well, if those three books are late, these six books need to be late, too, because mm-hmm. they, you know, so the fact that there was Hulk and Thor, and that's it. Yeah. So if Hulk's late, Thor's late. If Thor's late, Hulk, Hulk's late. Nothing else has to worry. Yep. So that's what, that's what I meant when I said about it not messing up the momentum right. of really anything else. I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, now, but let's just put it this way. It's kind of taken the edge off of my love for Thor and Hulk. Remember how we used to love these books? Yes. But out of sight, out of mind, I'm on to other things, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You're going to have right. to – he's actually going to have to earn it back with these books. That's what Okay. I'm that makes sense. Uh, and for more me. on that maybe later. Uh, so this is uh, the other book, Do a Powerbomb, number three, uh, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, uh, I, hmm. So there was a big reveal at the end of issue two. Right. You actually uh, told that, me what it was, yeah. That we didn't mention last week, but it's been a month and it's talked about quite a bit in this issue. Like, quite a bit in this issue. Uh, so, uh, Lona uh, convinces Cobra Sun to be her tag team partner in the big giant galaxy uh, pro wrestling tournament where the necromancer who's running it has promised uh, Lona that if she and her tag team partner win, uh, she could bring her mother back to life. Well, what Lona doesn't know is that the masked wrestler, uh, Cobra Sun, who was the wrestler in the match with her mother where she passed away, is her father. Who's been keeping it all a secret from her all this time. Mm -hmm. So they go to like this off world thing where the death life tournament is taking place. They go to a bar. They run afoul of one of the other teams. Uh, They are assisted by the team that they are going to be facing in the tournament the next day, a team called Orangabang, which is (laughs) two orang, like two actually like Gorilla Grodd-esque talking orangutans. Right. And it's at this part where Orangabang assist uh, Lona and Cobra Sun in their bar scuffle that um, 
everywhere else in the galaxy except for Earth. Uh, it's a shoot, brother. Uh, right out of the book. Uh, the people who challenge in the bar. Uh, haha, we've seen you wrestle. You suck. What's that place you're from? Earth. We're here wrestling there as fake. Yeah, just a carny show for the masses. <laughs> so it's at this point that they realize they're like, hey, we might be in trouble, you know, because we're all kind of working together here. And uh, if this tournament's a shoot, we got to mighty maybe turn it up, you know? Right. Uh, so the other teams of the tournament, uh, Oranga Bang, uh, F-Y-S-O, which is the team that they ran afoul of in the bar, uh, Pizza Party, which is a pizza-themed superhero, and his mutant rat hybrid tag team partner. Uh, we have the Lucha Bots, the, Pu- the Puro Pack, the Knights of Rhine, and the Devil Doers. All really cool super uh, like designs on all of these characters. And then we get the match uh, between Cobra Sun and Orangabang. Big, colorful, popping action. Um, huge, giant sound effects. You really get the feel of what's going on. As a professional wrestling fan, uh, even just as an action, fighting, you know, karate, whatever it is. And there is a panel from this book of Lona doing a moonsault in the match that Daniel Warren Johnson tweeted out saying that it was maybe his favorite thing that he's ever drawn. And uh, young Josh from the comic book shop has even said that he is not a wrestling person, does not get wrestling whatsoever, but reads this and thoroughly enjoys this book. This book is a blast. I love this book so much. Right. I actually thought that, you know, that was a good endorsement of somebody's just said, you know, I don't like wrestling, but I really enjoyed this book. So good for him, you know, bringing, you know, people who aren't wrestling fans in. It's the way you got to write these things. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think. The fact that it's so colorful, the fact that it pops uh, so much, the fact that it's, you know, obviously the type of fighting and it is wrestling. And I mentioned this when we talked about issue one, that if you were a fan of like any sort of like old Kung Fu style book, it's essentially the same thing. Just instead of Kung Fu, it's wrestling. Right. Uh, So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is, you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is currently in the lead over me with five correct guesses. I'm going to say on a hunch... Probably not going to be much movement, if at all, this week. Right. Um, I go first. Is the book you're looking forward to most? I Hate This Place, number four? Uh, It is. It would absolutely be I Hate This Place, number four. Another image book that I've really been enjoying from friend of the show, past guest of the show, Kyle Starks. Uh, And you, Todd, I think the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week uh speaking of you know you go away for three months and you better win me back uh and that would be tales of the human target number one it is tales of the human target one number one uh human target with jli characters one of those stories is i believe drawn still by greg smallwood and one by kevin mcguire i'll read that joe and maybe i'll buy a page (laughs) oh boy don't get into that 
Right. But no, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I actually even ended up uh, springing on eBay for the uh, 1 in 25 variant, too. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, look at you going crazy. I don't go crazy often, but this is going to be my... I was, I was happy with the first six issues of Human Target because it was only... They were just the 50-50 covers, and one... One either had a 1 in 10 or a 1 in 25 variant, and I picked that up cheap after I got on board on the book around 3, I, like issue 3. I was like, I want that first variant cover. Oh, and they didn't do any other variant covers for 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6? Good, I'm going to get through this. Then it started picking up momentum, and maybe, you know, like, people are like, oh, this book could win awards, and blah, blah, blah. And DC was like, now we should add all the variant covers <laughs> like no please don't i don't want to become like somebody else right but at least it's only one book you're not trying to get all the appearances and all the you know and dc's not putting out 10 covers they're putting out what three right and then when the book does come back uh with the seven with issue seven it's the 50 50 covers and then i think each of them are going to have a one in 25 cover. Um, and I'm fine with that because it seems like people are up in their orders because the book has gotten momentum that the one in 25 will be cheap. I just have a weird feeling when we get to 12, I'll take bets that that's the one that's going to have like eight variant covers. If you will, that's, that's the one I got to worry about. Mm. Well, that's February Todd's problem to worry about. Right, not today's Todd's problem. Right. Now, what is my problem the rest of this show? Right. Well, let's get into it. You While you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, you can check out all the other stuff that Todd and I are up to, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, but also currently in the place of Todd and Joe Have Issues, uh, we have the Silver Standard, a.k.a. Todd and Joe Go Rogue, a.k.a. The Battle for Second Place, Everyone knows The Flash has the best rogues gallery in all of comics. Uh, Todd thinks Batman is the second best rogues gallery. I think Spider-Man is the second best rogues gallery. We put together a list of the bottom of the barrel of each of those rogues galleries. Listener, listener of the show, uh, Grinch McScrooge, put together an Excel spreadsheet, which I got to put out. Remind me when we're done that I got to put it out to the public. I'll probably do it tomorrow. I forgot last week. I'll do it this week, I promise. Mm -hmm. um, of all the other, of all the matchups and everything else like that. And uh, we leave it up to you, the listeners, to vote on who moves on to the rounds. We make impassioned pleas. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have not looked to see who won this latest matchup, uh, which I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say this before I even hit the thing. Uh, a very uneven matchup, right? Right. Uh, Kite Man has a lot more cachet than Mindworm, okay? Even though you're supposed to be voting for who's lamer, uh, you know, uh, I, I felt I had to make a strong and passion case uh, <laughs> for Mindworm. And as I look at the thing, Kite Man moves on. I'm not upset. It wasn't a blowout. It was a it, lot closer than it had any right being. I was going to say, when you did the retweet this morning which usually kicks my retweet off, if that makes any sense. It does. It was, uh, Mindworm was winning. Um, and I thought I was going to lose this. I legitimately thought I was going to lose this round. And again, it was close. Um, and if, uh, and that's the thing, if Mindworm won, it would be the upset of the century. Mm -hmm. 
this should have been a blowout for Kite Man is all I'm saying. <sighs> kind of. I don't know. I think it was the picture. But anyway, um, though, did I tell you... Uh, talking with Adam, he thought one of my, now that all my characters are in and all your characters are in, he was 100% sure one of my villains was going to be Azrael because Batman and Azrael fought. And I was like, if I'd done that, I would have won 100% the lamest character for real. So, Right, I you want to stack the deck. I completely get it. Right. I, I was like, no, I was like, no, we were doing as much as we joke. I'm like, uh, Azrael isn't the, the bottom of the barrel. He's below that. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So this week is a rare Spider-Man versus Spider-Man battle. And it's two heavy hitters on the low end of the spectrum. It's Big Wheel against the Hypno Hustler. That's, that's tough, man. That's tough. I'm going to say... Who is going to do better in later rounds? Is Mm -hmm. Big Wheel going to do better? Or is Hypno Hustler going to do better? Hypno Hustler, I think, has the cachet because he's a disco villain (laughs) with very few appearances. Um, Big Wheel uh, is a guy whose name is Jackson Wheel. So he made a giant golden wheel that he travels around in. And the only other giant wheeled villain in the DC universe or the Marvel universe, uh, wasn't there like a Nazi themed wheel villain? Well, I know DC had the war wheel. Remember that? Yeah. Where it was a giant wheel that rolled through like, you know, the, the European countryside. Oh, I don't okay. So it was DC that had it. Right. Right. And there's Marvel's answer, the lighter fun version, like the Hogan's hero version of the war wheel. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm going to say cast your vote for Hypno Hustler. I think Hypno Hustler, uh, will do better in the later rounds. I'll say this. I kind of agree with you on Hypno Hustler. Yes. But I remember being shocked and dismayed by the landslide that Big Wheel had against whoever it was that went up against them. And like, uh, War Wheel was kind of one of them that, or War Wheel, uh, that the Big Wheel was one of them I was worried about. But this is one of those where whichever one gets knocked off, I'm not sad if that makes any sense. So, um, I don't know. I'm guessing if you think Hypno Hustler is the way to go, I'm supposed to say Big Wheel is the way to go. But uh, can we make, if it's tied, do they both leave? No. They oh, both go on, and then whoever they face has to double up. Has a handicap match? Yes. Okay. I don't like the sound of that, so. Uh, let me, so. Looking up who we fought last time? Yeah, I'm looking for it, but I'm. I could find it real quick. I'm bad at this. I'm not as good at social media as I, I portray myself to be, you know? You really are bad at it. Um, Was it... The Monarch of Menace? It was the Monarch of Menace. That's yeah. the way I do it for future reference shows. I just go to Longbox Heroes and punch in in the search site, the villain, and then it comes up with who they fought, so... 
Right, but because they're like the the their names are like in the body of a pole, sometimes it doesn't work for me. Um, well, no, it's always in the in one of the things that you put up on the site. It'll be the silver standard of Rogues Gallery, and it'll always say the Monarch of Menace versus Big Wheel. Oh, okay. So I was looking. I was looking for the poll to see how much of a blowout it was. Oh, fair enough. I was looking to see just who it was. Yeah. Okay. So again, uh, I say vote uh, Hypno Hustler. Mm. But I'm not going to be upset either way. I think they're both strong choices. I just think that Hypno Hustler, when it's all said and done, is the stronger of the two. Fair enough. He's he's my kite man. Ah, see, I honestly think Kite Man's two or three down on my list. But anyway. Kite Man has, has gifts. Of him doing and saying cool stuff. Not a single person on my list has a GIF that you could search out of them. I don't know. I think I could find a GIF of one person on your list. Go ahead. I, you want me to do it now and just stop no. the show for an hour? No. Okay. You come back to me. All right. Uh, hey, also, law, uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, it's almost football season, everyone. <laughs> And if you haven't got yourself hyped up for football season by listening to No Chance in Helmet and the soon-to-be-named Network, which I didn't plug that, but I'm plugging here. Again, it's the new show, so it's getting all of our attention, you know? Right. Um, if you uh, head over to the first post over at longboxheroes.com, we have the instructions. The regular season starts in two weeks. Uh, things are filling up uh, as we speak. Um, let me see who is notable on the list here. Uh, Helmet Sherpa. Again, I think that ties into, uh, No Chance in Helmet. I think that might be Tim. Oh, okay. Someone has Molten Man was snubbed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Molten Man's a good villain. I don't know what you're talking about. He was too good to be on the list, you know? Right. I like and, the, uh, the opera tuna tease. I like I think that. That's, I like that's a good one. I like that. So uh, listen, get your picks in. Um, you know the the site they they fix some problems, made it a little bit easier. Um, just make sure that like you're clicking all of your picks. There's a little bar at the bottom of the screen that show like you know zero of sixteen to sixteen of sixteen when you've made all your picks. It auto saves. Uh, I've done the first two weeks. I'm trying to like get a week out of the way mm -hmm. as we're going. Uh, I just pick the ones that my friends like. And then if uh, No Chance in Helmet is done by the time the picks are done, I'm going to just pick whoever wins the best helmet the rest of the season. There you go. Sounds like a plan. And, of course, you could head over to our store. There's a link there uh, for it where you can buy shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, you can head over to our T Public store, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. 35% uh, off all of the items that you purchase there, and you can get designs inspired by this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, Hit My Music, Final Wrestling Place, Add Odds with Wrestling, Fig Daddy Cool, and you can get that stuff on anything and everything from cell phone covers to notebooks, tapestries, pillows, all sorts of stuff through T Public, and it's 35% off. Uh, all the way up until Sunday. Mm -hmm. 
And you can also sign up for our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash longboxheroes. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you two bonus shows a month from Todd and I, our movie show, where we're looking at the films of independent filmmaker Mark Pirro and previewing the past, where we're looking at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog. Uh, You could also check out the full scans, high-quality, professionally done scans of those previews catalogs. So if you're not an audio guy, you're a visual person, you want to look at those previews catalogs, reminisce, uh, getting those catalogs, looking at what was available 30 years ago. And like I said, we have all of 91, all of 92 up to date, most of 90 up there uh, for you to peruse through. At the $5 level, you get those shows two weeks before everyone else, and you get After Dark two days before everyone else so that you can listen to these shows in the correct listening order. And uh, last but not least, you can help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through at the banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. The link is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get these episodes. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased the Omnibus uh, Absolute Edition of Sandman Volume 1, I'm sure inspired by uh, the current Netflix show that they snuck an extra episode out there on everyone, huh? Yeah, that seems to be the new thing. Like, a couple of shows did that. Um, And I think that's going to be the future of streaming shows where they drop all at once. Mm, Interesting. Uh, somebody also purchased uh, adult kids youth knee pad elbow pads, a uh, set of three-in-one elbow pads. Uh, somebody also purchased naysay cardboard shipping boxes, pack of 26 pieces. And I do have it on good authority. It is someone doing a Funko purge, but it's actually someone who's doing a Funko purge. Not, Not just, just saying they're doing a Funko purge. Right, because that would just be crazy right and somebody also purchased the bob and brad leg massager with heat compression foot calf thigh leg compression massage for circulation pain relief with lcd handheld controls four modes four intensities home office use ideal gift Ooh, i could use one of those and i want to show you what this thing looks like Okay, where are we putting it on my screen? Yeah, let me let me give you the old screen share gimmick here. Yeah. It's only for if it was for backs, I'd buy one. When I show you what this thing looks like. That was that your spreadsheet? Oh my god. They look like <laughs> Iron Man legs. Right. So if you buy this, uh, and you get the arm version of it and the chest version of it. And the head version of it, you, through uh, Bob and Brad, can become your own Iron Man oh. with very bad circulation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But at least it'll you'll have your all your uh, pain relieved. Mm-hmm. This just looks like something that I need. Yes, for Bloatfoot. I just need one for the Bloatfoot. That's right. Yep. I'll take oh, one. Oh boy, it's 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 calves up to 19 inches, thighs up to 27 inches. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to pass on that, I guess. Me too, cuz I don't have calves. I have steers, Joe. 
Uh, so, hey, what were the comic purchases this week? Work myself into a shoot. There you go. Um, Star Wars number 26. Mad Balls versus Garbage Pail Kids number two. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, another versus DC versus Vampires All Out War number one. And DC versus Vampires All Out War number two. Batman Superman World's Finest number six. Batman One Bad Day number one. The Riddler. Aquaman and the Flash Void Song, number three. I actually really, I just read this miniseries, and I actually liked it way more than I thought. And I like the new Flash's uh, uh, nickname for the team-up that Aquaman doesn't want to ever hear again, and it's called The Flash and the Splash Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And and Aquaman goes, I never, ever want to hear that out of your mouth again. And I laughed at that. Um, Batman the Night, number eight. Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes 5, Batman Fortress number 4, DC Mech number 2, Batman Presents, or Batman White Knight Presents Red Hood number 2, Task Force Z number 11, Shirtless Bear Fighter number, uh, well, 2 number 1, Seven Sons number 3, and Dual Powerbomb number 3. Probably because of you, Joe. On Dual Yay! Power. If I got people to buy that digitally, and if you were inspired by any of these books, buy us. We do thank you immensely. Um, you know, and we the more and more folks that have figured out how to hook up their Comixology accounts to, their, to our Amazon banner, we thank you very much. We do. I love, love, love reading these off. Uh, so is there anything else that we need to discuss before we get into TV talk? No, there was no art attack, so it's just a TV attack. All right, so, uh, it is the first issue, uh, or first issue, first episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, is that the full name of the show? Yep, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Right, and I want to say I did try to go find that Tom's Guide guy's tweet about there being... Uh, I watched the first four episodes, three come out on Thursday, and uh, wouldn't you know who won the pony, but he deleted that tweet. Um, I wonder why. Maybe because three weren't coming out, Joe? Well, uh, so I looked, uh, I scraped around a little bit, and it looks as though, um, I guess a bunch of other stuff came out this weekend on streaming, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it be that movie Nope came out on streaming this weekend. Or the new Game of Thrones prequel came out. That definitely came out. Right. So I think it was the both of them that Disney Plus decided let's not throw three episodes of this out there that might get buried behind these two big major releases that are coming out. See, what I honestly think happened is because I've seen and I've talked to other people, Tom was another one last time I talked to him. He said that he's seen other reviewers say they had the first four episodes of She-Hulk, mm-hmm. but they weren't allowed to give spoiler-filled reviews or anything like that. They could only give the, the the nuts and bolts of it until each episode came out. So I'm thinking this guy might have done that, and other people said, oh, I have all these episodes, which is kind of what's throwing everybody off. And by everybody, I mean you. Right. Well, again, when the guy said three come out this Thursday, I'm like, well, I guess three come out this Thursday. I don't know what to tell you. And that's the only reason I didn't watch it right out of the gate. I waited and then Friday night came and I'm like, okay, I have time to watch three episodes. I'm like, I don't see three episodes or whenever. I know I emailed you, but. uh, Right. 
But either way. So, uh, so this essentially is your origin episode. Quick and uh, concise, too. Right. I think it claimed that it was 37, 38 minutes, but it was actually only about 30 minutes of actual show. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-credit or mid-credit sequence where they uh, really push the limits of what they can get away with uh, swear-wise on a Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a bit where Jennifer is rehearsing her big speech that she's going to give to the jury. Uh, the partner of the law firm is, you know, kind of male chauvinistically saying like he should be the one that does it. Right. Then he's belittling her. Right. Then there's the legal assistant who's kind of got Jen's back. Uh, it's good to see the two of them have that friendship that kind of develops at least very much in this episode that we see. And then um, just as she's about to go and deliver her speech, uh, the the paralegal law assistant, whatever she is, is like, or, you know, you can just go out there and like Hulk out in front of everyone and that'll probably get them to do it. And Jen looks at the camera and kind of tells us, the audience of like, well, I guess like this is where we do the origin, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we get a bit where she, uh, Jen, the actress, uh, and again, the actress's name is Tatiana Maslani. Yes, from Orphan who Black. I will say I am not familiar with. She won a bunch of awards for being on a show called Orphan Black, which just, I know we're going to talk about joke, but to give you the basic premise was she was a clone. So there was other versions of her character out there. So she got to play that character like 17 different ways, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. So she that's why people are like, she has range. Because she was doing the same looking person, but acting like... She was basically the Wells like uh, from, uh, from Flash kind of a deal. Always different. Sure. Uh, so she, uh, Jen, and uh, Banner, Mark Ruffalo, uh, are driving. Uh, Banner has invented like this wrist gauntlet thing, uh, that is going to assist him with keeping Hulk stuff in control. And then, uh, as they're talking about how smart the family is, uh, they mention a Ched Banner. I hope we get to see Ched Banner at some point. I don't think that's comics canon. I think that's Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. Right. Uh, a spaceship comes down in the middle of the road that causes them to veer off the road, get into a car crash. And then uh, the Hulk bleeds his radioactive blood into Jen's open wounds. Mm-hmm. Just like it. in the comics. Right. No, it was a blood transfusion, Joe, in the comics. I, I know it was a blood transfusion in the comics, and I get we're on a tight schedule here, but I'm like, really, this is how she becomes a She-Hulk? Okay, I guess. I was with you. It happened fast, but it's kind of like of the mind, like uh, like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even back to uh, Edward Norton playing him, he was like, I can't give any money. Because remember when Stanley accidentally drank the soda with a drop of his blood in it and almost killed him? Yeah. All right. I don't know if you actually remember that scene, but yeah, it actually happened. So I don't see this banner giving a blood transfusion. So it has to happen by accident. But it seems haphazard. It's like, oh, a little bit of blood in your wound and we're good to go, you know? Right, and you're just the Hulk forever. But we learn as though their genetic makeup, because they're family, uh, they have the propensity to take in this sort of radiation and so forth. Uh, Jen, though, of course, 
uh, reacts differently to it. She doesn't have the other quote unquote Hulk personality that Bruce has to kind of keep under wraps. Um, but of course she still needs to figure out how to use her powers, how to control her powers. Uh, they get into a little bit of a disagreement where we get to see uh, Jen as She-Hulk do her version of the Hulk clap, which I thought was a fantastic scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I learned from my son uh, the bit where they're eating Cheetos, definitely not a sponsor of this uh, this show, uh, with chopsticks so they don't get Cheeto dust on their fingers. Right. Is a TikTok thing. Oh, okay. I did not know that. So unlike some people on the soon-to-be-named network, uh, who are o- much older than us, uh, who learn about TikTok from watching YouTube videos on Facebook, <laughs> I get to hear about it from my son. There you go. But all in all, this was a, uh, a fun little um, origin thing. So oh, then we come back to the courtroom scene, and as Jen's about to deliver uh, her speech to the jury, uh, I guess it's supposed to be Titanus shows up. Yep. It is, yeah. Even though the look is, like, way crazy, right? But, again, whatever. I don't care. You know, like, these are these characters. Let's have some fun with them. You know, there's no Titana purists out there that are going to be like, wait a minute, she doesn't look like this. I think she's had multiple different looks in the comics. Anyway, so she shows up. Jen has to Hulk out to fight her. There's a cute bit where she's like, oh, I really like this suit. And the friend reminds her to take off the shoes because, of course, when she Hulks out, she's going to blow out her shoes. Um, Jen as She-Hulk takes her down. Um, yeah. So I thought this was just like a fun origin story. I didn't need it. You didn't need it. But I'm sure a lot of people did need this to get you into the who and the what She-Hulk is. Right. I will say this is a light snackable first episode, Joe. Yes. Um, because it was. It was light, but it was fun because they get right to the, uh, they get right to the origin and then they explain like a lot of stuff and like, oh, they explain why she's not like Bruce, that she has the other persona. And I do love the name of the title is a normal amount of rage because he goes, do you have a, do you have like a lot of rage? It's like, no, I just have the normal amount of rage. So that was 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 kind of cool. I like the the training montage. Jen is like as She-Hulk is legitimately fun. You know what I mean? Like, so I equated to those burn issues where she was different. Obviously, she's, like, breaking the fourth wall here like she is in the John Byrne comics. But I, gen- like, I was genuinely into the Jen Walters character as we were going on. So that right off the bat, that's great. I like the back and forth during the training montage. I do like that they show that she's powerful, but she's, because whatever's going on with her, she's not Hulk powerful because he kind of has the... The, the strength level on her. And then in the end, like before she goes and fights Titana, she's like, okay, there's my origin. Now, now that that's out of the way, we don't ever have to worry about it again. And we can get into this fun law show that we're doing. It's not superhero. And the whole bit with like Bruce trying to tell her, he's like, no, you are a superhero now, whether you like it or not, this stuff is going to find its way into your life and what you do with it from here on out. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's the the balance of this show. And then later, like she, like uh, Jen says to Bruce, like, oh, then that we just crashed into a spaceship. He's like, yeah, that kind of happens to us all the time. 
that's something I'm going to have to look into. Joe, do you think that'll come back before the final episode of this season? Uh, I have a feeling it may. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But all in all, I really like this. Uh, and I'm looking forward to more. Yep. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I was uh, talking to some folks this weekend as the kids were scrolling through the Disney Plus and they're just looking at the glut of shows and they're just like, I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched that yet. It's like all the Marvel stuff. I haven't seen that movie yet. And I'm like, I'm up to date on everything. Like, I, I you know what I mean? I Are you um, up to date on everything? Uh, no, minus the Eternals. But yes, I was just going to say there's no way you watch the Eternals. No, nobody did. Right. And you didn't watch all the not where where do you fall on the Netflix Marvel shows? Uh I watched all of Daredevil. Right. I watched all of the Jessica Jones. You watched all three seasons? Yeah. Okay. Defenders you watched, right? Yeah. Uh I did not watch all of Punisher and I did not watch all of Luke Cage and I watched none of Iron Fist. Punisher was really good. Uh, Punisher was really good. It was just one of those things where, like, I'm watching it and, like, we're not talking about on the show. There's other stuff coming up, and it just kind of get, get shuffled back and back and back. But they're all up on Disney Plus now anyway, so whenever I need to watch them, I can watch them, you know? But I was also asking, where do you think they fall in? Because obviously the characters have been in whatever. But are you, like, a purist that you're like, oh, just to, to say you've watched all the Marvels, do you have to watch all the net the Netflix stuff? Or no. no. Okay. That's all. I was just wondering where you stood on that. No. Because I think, well, we'll find out as we go on whether how tightly these characters are that were in the Netflix shows are going to stick to their storyline, if that makes any sense. Like, or if these are slightly different, I don't know, multiverse versions. Yeah. So that's all. But like I said, I'm looking forward to the next episode of She-Hulk. Me too. And, and then do we have no, we don't have Stargirl yet, right? No. So Stargirl, if I'm looking at my Gazintas here, um, Stargirl starts next week, next Thursday. Stargirl starts. Okay. Uh, so we're good with just one She-Hulk, and then next week it's uh, Stargirl and She-Hulk, and then I think uh, when She-Hulk ends, Andor begins. Right. Andor what begins? Star Wars and or Star of the Rogue One films. <laughs> Come on, that was good, Joe. Mm, no. I think we're not going to top that great joke by Todd. Um, so closing out episode 620 of Longbox Heroes for Todd, this is Joe saying thanks everyone for listening uh, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.